My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Britt here today. My gosh, you guys, I'm so excited to introduce you, introduce to you my incredible guest coming on today, Jason Falls. He is one of the most well-respected experts on social media. He's a leading award-winning digital strategist, author, speaker, and thinker in the digital and social media marketing industry. He's also the host of two podcasts, one is the Rise podcast, and the other one is Winflance, and we'll get into detail with those later. But today, we're really going to cover on, you know, how you can use your podcast to build authority in your specific niche from different angles. And we have a couple other hot topics we'll we'll cover as well, but we will get to that in just a second. Welcome to the show, Jason. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your day. How is it going? Uh, it's going great, Brittany. Thank you much for, so much for having me on. Absolutely. It's such an honor to have you here today. Now, I think before we dive into any of our hot topics, Jason, would you mind taking us through a little bit of your journey as to how you got to where the heck you are today? Because you're doing some amazing things out there. And I mean, tell us about that journey. Sure. It's it's a, a little bit of a meandering journey, but with podcasting now, it's kind of come full circle. When I was 14 years old, I got angry that my mother was giving me a list of chores to do every day. And so I decided to march myself into the local radio station in my small town, hometown, and uh, demand to be put on the air as a disc jockey. And um, they were dumb enough to let me do it. So um, I started out as a teenager working at the radio station and worked in radio there, got a radio TV degree in college. Uh, but then I got sort of distracted by sports. It was about a 15 year distraction. I ended up being a public relations guy in college athletics and traveled around the country watching ball games for a living, which is not a hard life, but it doesn't pay very well. Um, and uh, when I, when my son was born 18 years ago, he graduates from college this weekend, or I'm sorry, high school this weekend. Um, so 18 years ago, when my son was born, I realized I was traveling too much and I, it was going to be harder for me to be a good dad on the road all the time. So I jumped out and got into mainstream advertising, marketing, PR. And that was in the early 2000s, just when brands were starting to ask questions about blogs and social media, social networks. And I had been using them personally for a long time. And a little bit for work with my college athletics, you know, world going into message boards and talking to fans and whatnot. And so I, you know, kind of knew the territory and just started throwing out ideas. And before you know it, I was the director of social media at an ad agency um, and was working with, you know, big name brands and, and clients trying to figure out how they could leverage this sort of emerging world of social media. And then as time evolved, and I was, a, you know, again, a, a public relations guy by trade. So my job back then was to work through third parties like newspaper reporters and television stations and magazines and whatnot to, you know, have them tell their audiences about our student athletes when I was in college athletics or on the PR side, on the, on the, the advertising marketing side, uh, the clients we were working with. And so that kind of naturally uh, shifted into what we called blogger relations back in the day. And that became known as influencer marketing. Um, and so I've always been this person who is working with influential voices as a conduit to get to the audience you're trying to reach. And so the last probably, I would say, 
15 years, I've really kind of zeroed in and focused in on that concept of uh, influencer marketing, which I actually call influence marketing, which we can get into in a second. Um, but that's kind of what I do and where I am. I've been on the agency side of things. I've been on a brand, uh, on the brand side of things. And in November of last year, I shifted over to work at Scipio.ai, which is a um, essentially an influencer marketing platform. It's a lot more than that, but that's kind of the foundational software there. Love all of it. Well, thanks for sharing, Jason. You know, it's interesting to always hear you know, where you started and how it got you to where you are. So thank you for taking the time to tell us about that journey. Now, lots of people can help you get influencers Mm -hmm. to post about you, to post about your brand, but not many actually understand how to influence audience audiences. Mm -hmm. So do you mind, you know, kind of talking about the difference of that? And um, I'll let you have the stage. I know you have a lot to add behind this. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of funny. Um, you know, I've, I've written a few books and the last book I wrote was, was actually called Winfluence, Reframing Influencer Marketing to Ignite Your Brand. And there's a really interesting case study in there that I talk about that I'll kind of, you know, pull some snippets from as I'm, uh, as I'm answering that question. The, the difference between influencer marketing and influence marketing, my definition, and kind of the, the stake in the ground that I've planted, if you will, in the industry, is that when we think about influencer marketing, we're thinking about the person the personality, the the person online that's got a lot of followers, right? And that is our focal point. Let's find influencers. Well, what we're trying to ultimately do, though, is influence their audience to take action or influence a prospective audience to take action. And so that's not a noun. That's a verb. That's what you're trying to do. That's your goal, right? So if we just take that R off the word and say we are practicing influence marketing, then what we're doing is we're trying to influence audiences to take action. The influencer in the social media context might be the right channel to get to that audience, but it might also be a political lobbyist. It might also be the president of the local PTA group. It might also be lots of a traditional journalist. So I define influence marketing as looking at a much broader perspective on the possible channels that we're going to use to potentially influence that audience to take action. And when I look at the concept of an influencer or a person with influence to distinguish it a little bit from the Instagrammers and TikTokers of the world, you're looking at people who can actually, you know, move the needle, who can actually persuade their audience. And Mm -hmm. not all social media content creators can do that. So when you're looking at social media influencers, trying to determine who's actually effective, what you're looking for are people who have built up a considerable, a considerable amount of trust with their audience. When they say, I use this product, I tried this product, I went to this website, I traveled to this destination, whatever, there is an amount of trust there that their audience is going to put that on their list or go try that product or go visit that website, right? And so looking at it, you have to look at, there. there's a lot more context clues that you have to uncover to understand who has real influence. It's not as easy as they have this many followers and they have this engagement rate. Those are points that you can look at when you're analyzing an online influencer. But like I was actually, uh, I shared some information not too long ago uh, on one of my YouTube shorts or something that I do. And they said, somebody had asked me, how do I know who's really influential online? And I said, well, you've got to look at the context clues, one of which a very good one, although not a, an easy one to discover is 
who are the leaders, who are the group administrators on LinkedIn groups, on, on Facebook groups? Because those people not only have subject matter expertise and probably have social media footprints, but now they also have a group of people, a highly concentrated group of people that have followed them into this walled garden where they have conversations about that topic. So there's lots of different ways and lots of different things you have to look at to find out who is truly influential. But if you dig a little deeper than just looking at follower counts and engagement rate, you can start to see, oh, this person really goes back and forth and has conversations with their audience. That's going to be much more impactful than a creator that doesn't. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that, Jason, and getting into detail. Now, we mentioned um, building trust. Now, how would you go about building trust from a marketing community? So, you know, the, the, the social media world, the digital marketing world is really all derived and driven by content. And so trust is built when you are able to provide content to your audience. And it can be offline, too. Uh, it can be in the form of, you know, you have a printed newsletter or magazine or you have some other, you know, piece of content, substantive content that you provide to people, an event, things like that. Um, but it's providing content that is useful to them. And mm -hmm. so if you identify your audience and let's say your target audience is soccer moms or your target audience is, you know, motorcycle rider uh, riding people or, you know, fishermen or whatever it is, if you can create content that is useful to them, that helps them with their job, helps them with their life, helps them experiencing the industry or the topic that you create products for, um, and or entertains them within those contexts, then they're going to come to trust you. They're going to come to say, hey, I rely on this source for information. And it might be that you are a tech company that provides really good helper videos on how to use modern technology and create a smart home. Uh, and if you are an electronics company that sells smart products, that's a great piece, you know, avenue of content to walk down. Let's make people smarter about using the technology that we sell. It's not selling the, the, con the, the product necessarily. It's just being useful. And so the more you can connect with that audience and provide them with something of value that they come to know, they come to like, they, they use it repeatedly, which means they trust it. Now you, you, you've, you've built trust with that audience and you have the opportunity then to speak to them about the products and things that they purchase and not be threatening. Amazing. Yeah. And so tell me about a little bit about what you do. And is that in any way like related to, I know that your approach that you use actually can help small businesses ignite sales. Now, is that a big piece of the puzzle when, when helping businesses ignite those sales? Is it the no like and trust factor that you implemented? Tell me about that, a little bit about that. Sure. So if you look through, so, you know, I have a couple of different hats and, and, and roles that I play. Um, one as a podcaster and as someone who talks a lot about uh, and has tried to establish myself over the years as maybe a thought leader, if, you, if you'll put that label on me in, within the influencer marketing and social media space. My job, what I've tried to do is build an audience that trusts me for uh, my recommendations and my advice on how to use social media channels, how to use influencers, how to use the digital space to uh, grow your business. And 99.9% .9 of the people I talk to are never going to pay me a, a dollar, right? I put a lot of content out there for free, whether it's on my podcast 
whether it's the social media content I share, my little influence tip videos that I do on um, Instagram and, and YouTube, uh, whether it's articles I write, all that free content is out there um, so that I can be useful to as many people as possible. Um, if someone is looking at that content and they're like, hey, you know, I've got a business and I've got a limited marketing budget um, uh, and I need to you know, learn a bunch of stuff for free. Jason Falls is one of those people out there on the internet that's giving away that advice. When I collect enough of those people, there's usually going to be a certain percentage of them that's like, you know what, I've got a little bit of a budget and I, and I need some help. Let's reach out to that guy that I trust who's giving all this free advice and see if I can work with him. And mm -hmm. through that process, it filters down to, I get brands and businesses and marketers who come to me over time and say, I really like your perspective on the world. I like the way you think. I'd like to work with you. And that's how I've been able to, you know, sort of create a little cottage industry for myself, even though I've worked at, you know, agencies and brands and other places. And I work at a software company now. I bring that trust with me. So I'm still creating the great content. The, the Winfluence podcast is my podcast and it's always going to stay with me. And so whether I'm, you know, at, I used to be at an advertising agency when people would reach out and say, can we work with you? I'd say, well, yeah, you've got to work through the agency, but let's do it. Right. So now I'm a benefit to the agency I'm working for. Same thing at Scipio. When I jumped over to Scipio in November, I brought that credibility and trust as a thought leadership in, a person in the space to this software company, which they didn't necessarily have before. It wasn't that right. they weren't smarter, capable. They just hadn't built that audience. So I'm producing a lot of content out there to build trust over time so that I have an audience to talk to. And there will be people within that audience who will either buy my book or they'll say, hey, I want to talk to your audience too. So they'll advertise on my podcast. Or they'll say, hey, I really want to you know, tap into your brain and help you think through challenges for my brand because I like the way you think. And then they you know, hire either Scipio or me as a kind of in a consulting role or they come over to Scipio and use our software incredible it's insane you know really globally how many doors open by able, being able to do this through a podcast or on the online social media world right um and it's like a snowball effect right that we never had before so let's talk a little bit about you know how do you use your podcast? And I'm sure you've touched on a little bit of bits and pieces of it already, but how do you use your podcast to build authority in your specific niche? Sure. So if you look at the niche of influencer marketing, uh, you're talking about a world that is made up of content creators on one end of the spectrum, uh, brands who want to connect with those content creators on the other end of the spectrum. And then in the middle, you've got agencies, ad agencies, and PR firms and marketing services that help the brands find the creators. And you've got software companies and vendors in there too, like Scipio, that are not necessarily doing the agency work, but they're connecting the dots with software, helping you know, make that process streamlined and easier. So within that space, my job on the Winfluence podcast is to interview and talk to credible people within those four sort of verticals of, um, you know, the roster of people within the industry. Um, and my, what I try to challenge myself with is let's bring someone on the show and let's find some expertise, some insights, some experiences that they have that my audience maybe doesn't have because they're not doing it as much or as often or in the same vertical or the same way so that we might all learn something new on how to be better at influencer marketing at the end of the day. 
And that might be that I bring a creator on and talk about the challenges that a creator goes through so that the brands can understand that better. It might be that I bring a software vendor on to talk about how they are trying to solve for all of these logistical problems of connecting the dots and measuring content and doing agreements and being compliant and all that kind of stuff so that the brands see the challenges that software companies face and the creators see the, the challenges that software companies face and so on and so forth. You could cross pollinate that however you want to do. I'm trying to pull insights and information out of all these folks to share on my podcast. That doesn't necessarily make me the expert, but what it does make me is the place where people get the expertise. And so they're going to come to Winfluence and listen to it over and over again. Because I'm the one consistent thread of that show, I'm the host, I'm the one who asks the questions, I'm the one who is intentionally saying, I know we can learn something really good from this person, so let me ask them the question so they can share that with us then the audience over time comes to trust me first because I'm a really good filter for what they need to know. I'm not going to bring somebody on my show that's just going to sell to them. I'm not going to bring somebody on my show that's useless and isn't going to share good information. So I borrow the trust, a little bit of trust from each of my guests. And over time, that means I have a lot of trust from mm -hmm. my audience. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing, Jason. Now, like, it's crazy. And like I mentioned earlier, like that snowball effect, you know, you have incredible guests, you know, who you're bringing on, that's actually going to resonate with your audience and what they want to listen to. And you're specific as to who's coming on, right? And then you have trust them, who they refer to you and so on, right? So incredible. And I'm sure there's people like you mentioned earlier who come to months down the road and like, I know and like, and trust you, I need your help. <laughs> and it's just, it's exciting. Right. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about the podcasts now, the two podcasts. Now, what were the intentions behind the both of them sure. and where are they both at today? Well, that's a great question. Cause, um, and I, and I think the, the number one piece of advice I would have for anybody out there starting a podcast is sit down and figure out what your intention is, because a lot of people mm -hmm. start one without an intention and they just kind of, you know, happens, you know, throw it all together. And eventually they stumble upon a reason to be, but start out with that reason to be, it's going to be better, faster. So Winfluence is the older one. It's been around, technically it's been around for, you know, six or seven years. Um, it wasn't called Winfluence until I wrote the book, and then I wanted to kind of rebrand the podcast to kind of supplement the book. Um, but Winfluence, the Influence Marketing Podcast, the reason that it exists is, as I just sort of explained, I'm trying to help people, businesses, brands, agencies, et cetera, get smarter about influencer marketing. Um, I obviously, you know, preach my influence, not influencer marketing platform quite a bit on the show. Um, but that's the, the kind of audience that I want to attract. I want to attract the people that don't look at influencer marketing as this, you know, superficial, thin, turnkey, transactional thing. And they look at it as a strategic possibility to do bigger things. Um, and so I try to educate the audience that way. And ultimately, again, the reason I'm doing that is because, A, it's going to build my audience, build my community, which is going to, you know, mean more podcast sponsorships, which is going to mean selling more books. Um, and also it's going to attract clients uh, eventually to Scipio.ai or, you know, in my various iterations as a consultant over the years. And that's what puts food on the table for my kids, right? So um, that's the purpose of it is to make people smarter about the world of influence marketing and see it in 
a much more strategic way than that transactional sponsored post kind of way. The rise is different. It is Scipio.ai's podcast and live stream. And its purpose is to help, again, educate the market about the concept, uh, which is what we call the category that we're in. We're trying to define a new category of software out there called community commerce marketing software. So it's basically anything that falls under the umbrella of uh, tools, solutions, and applications that allow a brand to tap into its own customers, its own fans and followers on social media, its own employees, its own partners, its own brand community to drive commerce. That might be that they're tapping into their customers for user-generated content. It might be that they're tapping in and looking at their community to see, okay, who in our customer base or our social media followers have online followers themselves and are influential because they already know us. They can talk more authentically about us. Why would we not reach out to them before we reach out to some social media celebrity, right? Um, it could be leveraging generative AI uh, to streamline your content production uh, abilities so that you do things faster and more efficiently, which makes you a, a more cost-efficient business operation. Uh, there's lots of different things and solutions that we're building to try and drive better commerce through your own brand community. And we're essentially building what we internally right now are sort of calling a super app that's able to solve the UGC problem, solve the influence marketing problem, solve the generative AI problem. And we're building solutions that all fit into a, uh, an ecosystem that does all that for businesses. And so the podcast is all about teaching people what community commerce marketing is, talking about building communities, how to leverage brand communities, not just to, you know, uh, you know, have, you know, good old kumbaya fun around the campfire, but to actually drive revenue and turn your brand communities and your advocates and loyalists into people who can actually market for you and, and, and move the needle on your bottom line. So it's really about getting to the heart of commerce through your community. That's the whole purpose of the show. Incredible. Incredible. And I mean, people are tuning in and getting, you know, the right information that they need in order to do that, which is, you're, you're I mean, you're changing lives. So it's huge. It's huge. <laughs> well, I'm not exactly a doctor or anything, but you know, I'll, 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 I'll take it, I guess. <laughs> Just take it. <laughs> Jason, tell me a little bit about, you know, I'd like to ask this question here and there, but what are some common traits that you see in hyper successful people or entrepreneurs any common traits that you see and that possibly you yourself, because you are very successful, ha have used in order to get to where you are? The people that I look to and would describe as hyper successful over the years um, are people who are deeply passionate about solving that problem. Whatever the problem is that their business solves, whether it's you know, coming up with a, you know, a better sponge or, you know, um, I, I had a, a, an entrepreneur friend of mine years ago named Rob May, who started a company called Backupify because he realized people were putting all this content out on social media channels, but there was no tool out there that would back all that data up separate from the social network so that you never lost your Flickr photos and you never lost your you know, the things that you were putting on these channels. So he started a social media content backup service and he was really passionate about doing that. And it was an incredibly successful run. Backup if I was eventually acquired by one of the data backup services and for millions of dollars. 
Um, and the people who I know who have been super successful, they see a problem in the world or they see a gap in the marketplace and they become obsessed with closing that gap or solving that problem. Um, I have a tendency to have a little bit of what I would call entrepreneurial ADD. So I'll get really super excited and passionate about one thing, but not for long enough to build a company and make it successful. Like I go in and help other people for shorter periods of time. Um, but I'm also catching the bug a little bit too, because I'm really passionate about my podcast. And a couple of years ago, I started the Marketing Podcast Network. And I have a group of 50 plus marketing related podcasts that are all on one advertising server. And I'm trying to build a community around uh, the idea that marketing podcasts are never going to you know, have millions of dollars in revenue, but we can join together and split an, an ad share across a network. We can support each other. We can promote each other on our shows and help each other grow. So I'm very passionate about that community and now trying to figure out ways to solve for that and grow that network and grow revenue for that network. And so I've caught the bug a little bit too, but it's really all about that passion. If they've got the passion, then they're probably going to be pretty successful. Absolutely. You need that passion, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We have to have it. If you don't have the passion, then you get bored or you get distracted and that takes you away from the success. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, you know, there's that saying that says, like, if you're passionate about it, you won't work a day in your life. You know, if you love what you do. <laughs> so true. amazing. Now, Jason, I, I also just want to give you like, I, our, our episodes are too short sometimes, but I want to give you the space and time to go ahead and use the next couple minutes here to talk about anything coming up or anything that, um, you know, you do within the businesses and also share with us the best way to connect with you in case there are people listening, which I'm sure there will be, that are ready to reach out to you and, um, you know, talk business. Sure. I mean, the, the thing that I'm really passionate about and obsessed with right now, there's two things. And I just talked about the Marketing Podcast Network. So I'll uh, go back to the other one. Um, you know, at Scipio.ai, we, as we talk to marketers and brands, um, we hear the same thing kind of over and over again right now, which is I don't have enough high-performing content to fuel my social media ad campaigns, my organic social content. And when they say I don't have enough high performing content, they mean user generated content because UGC outperforms brand generated content by, you know, measures of double digit percentages on email, on website, you know, stickiness on social media, ad performance, et cetera. And so there's so many channels, uh, especially channels like TikTok and whatnot, where the content is not your traditional advertising content. Right. And brands are dying to fill those content coffers, user-generated content and influence marketing. We think better influence marketing through your community solves that problem really easily. And so we're really passionate about solving that for people. So I would encourage anybody who might be in that situation, if you're interested, come over to Scipio.ai and uh, click through and book a call with us. And I might be the person on the call talking to you because uh, we're really passionate about helping our customers do that. Um, so Scipio.ai is one place. Um, I'm Jason Falls everywhere. I'm really easy to find. I'm Jason Falls on all the social networks. Uh, Jasonfalls.com can quickly get you to my networks, can also get you to influence the book and the podcast. So I'm pretty easy to find. There's actually a, a politician in North Carolina named Jason Falls, does not like me at all, 
uh, because I've been around longer than him on the internet. So I own the first four or five pages of a Google search result. Um, he won't send me a yard sign either. That's why I like to throw him under the bus. Cause I'm like, Hey dude, that's a cool yard sign. You can send me one. He's like, Nope. Oh, oh, well, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's too okay. funny. All good natured fun, but yeah, Jason fall. I'm easy to find. Just search for me. You guys, he is easy to find. I mean, you can literally just Google the name and he'll pop up everywhere. (laughs) So incredible. Well, Jason, thank you so much, truly, for coming on today and sharing this value with myself and my listeners. I mean, it's incredible what you're doing. And I really like coming from the perspective of, you know, how you can fill in those gaps the way that you do within the um, building trust, within building authority, uh, within the podcast and stuff, especially for those that are listening that also have podcasts, that's huge. So um, I'm really happy we're able to cover, you know, um, how to get influence or how to audience, your audience actually can gain from being, getting influencers to influence you. Sorry, I worded that wrong, you guys. I am tongue-tied today. <laughs> Today's the day but we'll roll with it. But everything that we chatted about, really, really important. So I appreciate you taking the time to really dive in deep onto those topics and give us so much value behind them. Brittany, thanks so much for having me. This was fun. Absolutely. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher and want to come on, just like Jason Falls did today, to talk about what's going on in the business, the podcast, any challenges or wins, please go to top100interview.com. I'd love to have you on as well. And you guys, like we mentioned earlier, earlier, go check out Jason Falls. Bye, guys. Thanks again. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.